Off the ball. It's not like Maradona or Messi, where the ball is tied to the left foot. I always see the ball as something which is bouncing, like an obedient, happy puppy. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The Club Championship Show on OTB, in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the Football Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships. Hashtag the toughest. Welcome along to our first edition of the Club Championship Show for 2023. Ahead of a huge weekend, it's all brought to you with thanks to AIB. Places in three All-Ireland Club Football Finals are on the line this weekend as the Championship returns after the Christmas break. Last year's beaten finalists, Kilmacook Crokes, go up against Kerry's first-time Munster winners, Cairns O'Reilly's in the semi-finals at Croke Park. The other semi-final, a very interesting one indeed, with teams coming out of their province in Moy Cullen of Galway and Derry's Glen. They are the senior semi-finals at Croke Park this coming Sunday. Sunday. We'll be speaking to Dublin and Kilmacook Croaks Andrew McGowan a little bit later and long-serving Glen defender Michael Warnock as well. And Morris Brosnan of the Irish Examiner will be along to look forward to Saturday's semi-finals in the Intermediate and Junior Football Championships. Delighted to say Asha Riley is with us as well. Asha, are you getting on? Good now, Will. Happy New Year. We're back in action. We are. Many happy returns. It comes back with a lot of excitement, particularly I think we're all looking forward to the double header at Croke Park this coming Sunday. Yes, I'm going to head into that. Really looking forward to it. Two cracking semi-finals, and I think they're both tough ones to call. Um, maybe when you talk about Kilmacud and Kieran Zarahli, a lot of people would say Kilmacud should have the edge there. But I think with the experience and the leaders that's in that Kieran Zarahli team as well, you know, it should be a cracking game. And of course, then Mykullen and Glenn, really looking forward to that. I'm going to head along as well to Castletown and Fossa on Saturday. So. It'll be interesting to see David Clifford in action for his club. I've never did that before. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, it's amazing the excitement he can uh, drum up for a Junior Football Championship <laughs> semi-final. Like everyone wants to see uh, David Clifford in action. Uh, we're delighted to say that we also have got Michael Warnock, uh, veteran defender with Glenn with us as well. Michael, how are you getting on? Not too bad, not too bad. All's good. Um, I'd imagine, look, a lovely Christmas, I would say, around the parish after knocking out the reigning champions, Kilku, in the Ulster final and having gone back-to-back in your county over the last couple of years as well. Ah, it's been a it's been a good couple of years in Glen now, thankfully. But um, for many a year, it wasn't as as good as this now. But um, it, uh, it was a nice Christmas. Generally, when we were training over Christmas, we were training for relegation battles. So it, uh, to be training for an All Ireland club semi final, it's a nice position to be in. Yeah, you made your championship debut with your club back in 2010. So what's different about now compared to say a decade ago? Um, I suppose when we first came in, we were you know we were fighting to stay at senior level. Um, probably most most years, um, a lot of Hopes was pinned on a, a, a small number of groups coming through the underage structure at the time that um, that we would come and hopefully try and push on for a first senior title. Um, but when we came in, it was it was tough. You were getting beat by some teams, maybe 20, 30 points. Um, and thankfully, we've turned the table on that after years and years of hard work. Um, but now to be fighting at a provincial level and even you know on a national level now, it's uh, it's unbelievable for the club to be honest. If I can take you back to that breakthrough provincial success then in the game against Kilku, how important was the way that you started that game? I mean, you got a flying start. Uh, well, I think we were extremely disappointed after, um, in particular, last year's game against them. We, we felt that we didn't go for it. Um, we maybe uh, played inside ourselves slightly and the occasion maybe slightly got to us. But we said if we we're going to lose this year, we we're going to go down fighting and we we're going to play on the front foot. And, you know, that start was massive for us, you know, five points up. We then considered a bad goal, which really allowed them to come back into it. But um, it gave us great confidence that you know that we could get on top of them and get on top of their kick out, and um, gave us a great platform for going forward in the game. 
that shift in mentality then compared to last year where maybe you're a little bit edgy going into it and therefore as you say you probably played a bit within yourselves is that down to Maliki O'Rourke is that down to the team collectively <laughs> what was the difference this year? Um, I think you realised last year that you know for us the, the experience of it was massive you know um, we had heard of Cross McGlenn Scottstown Kilcoo all you know massive massive names within Ulster and then obviously Slab Neil who are neighbours as well um, so the beginning of your first Ulster semi-final um, against the reigning Ulster champions and you know they were talking about winning all irons as such and all irons for us was so far down the beaten track um, but I think probably that experience of playing against them last year and knowing that we felt we didn't perform um, they maybe felt the same or maybe felt they did perform but for us we felt we didn't perform and we thought that if uh, we could bring our best performance that, that we'd, be, we'd be fairly close and getting over the line Michael, to, to beat Loch Neil, I suppose you, you have to be the best team in Derry. And then, obviously, then to go on and win Ulster, you probably have it in the back of your mind always. You know, you have to beat Kilku. Was that something at the start of the year that you felt, you know, we want to be back there? We want another shot at them? Uh, it probably was, actually, to be honest. Um, but, you know, when you're in a county with Slat Neil, um, to be focusing on Kilku would be quite ignorant of us, to be honest, considering the achievement that a lot of those players in Slatneil have had over the last number of years, you know. Um, so, like, our big target, obviously, the, the chat in the county was that, you know, last year we caught Slatneil on the hop and <clears throat> I suppose coming into this year was they felt that they, well, the chat in the county was anyway that they felt that they were getting back to their best as such. Thankfully for us, uh, we managed to get past them in, in that case, but um, like we couldn't focus too much on Kilku. But once once we did one there, the the aim was to to get another crack at them because I suppose a number of players would have come out of last year's game with probably with a few regrets, which is probably one of the hardest things after defeat. And what was the feeling like when you had that win, that Ulster win? So obviously you have the celebrations and you say, okay, we enjoy this, but do you also say to yourself, you know? we can go on and, and win this All-Ireland or is it very much, do you feel bonus territory or is it, yeah, we have a chance here? Yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't use the term bonus territory as such. Um, probably a lot of the players within the group are very, very driven um, mm-hmm. and have high expectations, you know, so the celebrations after one in Ulster were like any first uh, club team won, won on their first provincial championship, you know, it was a bit uh, pandemonium for a couple of days in the town, but as players, it's very difficult to carry that on for a period of time. You know, naturally, I think you you look forward to what's coming down the track next, and you turn your attention quite quite quickly to, to that as such, because as you know, success goes very quickly, um, and it'll be all forgotten about on Sunday as such. Ulster, whenever we come up against uh, Mike Holm. Did you actually get to enjoy the Christmas a whole lot, or was the focus very much on knowing <laughs> that coming to the second weekend in January, we've got a big game? Um, I suppose it's what what they determine as as enjoyment for us training over Christmas was you know for an Ulster club or, or sorry an All Ireland club semi final you know that that for us is enjoyment you know um, there's many a year you can get to enjoy a Christmas or you know take a beer or eat whatever you want but for us you know being able to train on Christmas Eve and that you know it, it was, there was a great buzz there for us and that we're out training for for something that's much bigger than ourselves so for us it was a very enjoyable Christmas. Crow Park uh, this weekend against Moy Cullen though what have you made of them so far or how much work have you done on Moy Cullen so far? Look I think video was um, through you know most counties through Covid and that set up their own TV station that so you can get quite a bit done 
on teams, you know, um, and especially if you're coming out of the Galway Championship, you know, everybody's renowned of knowing Cora Finn and the achievements they had. So the Galway Championship's obviously very, very, very competitive in that sense. And <clears throat> generally the Galway champions, when they come out of Galway, are, are always hot favourites for for the Connacht um, Championship. So it's going to be a massive, massive task for us. Um, they have a lot of call. They have six, seven guys in the Galway panel as well. So, um, but look, that's you know you're not going to get an easy game at this stage of the championship. So, everybody's going to be trying to bring their best performance, and whoever manages to do that will probably win the game. Yeah, but I think that your club is going to take huge confidence in what you've just achieved. Like as you mentioned, it was all new <coughs> last year. While now you've got a provincial title behind you, you've had a few weeks to maybe reflect on that and enjoy it, and you can also take confidence from that performance against Kilku, who've been so good both provincially and in the All-Ireland Series over the last couple of years as well? Uh, well, <clears throat> if, we, if we think back to the Eagle Coup game, you know, probably the first, you know, the, the first half was a game nearly two halves. We dominated the first 15 minutes and then probably Eagle Coup dominated the next 15 as soon as they get the goal. Um, in that sense, we'd be disappointed with the last 15 minutes of the first half. We probably felt we could have kicked on in that sense. The second half was nearly a game of cat and mouse between both teams that both teams didn't want to make a mistake or lose <clears throat> lose possession because obviously of what happened last year it was one mistake killed the game. Um, but look, it, it, you know we've beat all Iron Champions. So there's great confidence in that, but we know that you know there was a kick of the ball between them and and Kilcoo last year, and you know they played the Connacht Champion or the Monster Champion, sorry, and have lent extra time last year. So there's you know there's no easy game when you get to this stage, and you know we're, we're just focusing on white calling at the moment. We had Malky O'Rourke on OTBM after the Ulster final and he was talking about how much he's enjoyed uh, being involved with your club and we were asking about how Intercounty compares to the club and he said it's um, been fantastic because you're such a driven group of players. But what has Malky O'Rourke brought to the club since he's come in? Um, a lot of experience, obviously, um, would be probably the number one thing. He's brought Ryan Porter with him as well. He's um, a phenomenal trainer in that sense. But he, he's brought a lot of professionalism to it, you know, and... Um, in that sense, but and a lot of calmness as well. You know, as as a driven group, you naturally maybe were a wee bit fiery during games and things like that. And you know, his calmness along the sideline that's nearly <clears throat> um, become reflective of ourselves in the pitch now. So, um, but I just think in general, there's experience and, and knowledge of the game and that. Um, you know, we're we're absolutely loving playing for him. Um, I think there's a few people have joked that he can he can stay as long as he wants. <laughs> Um, and we would certainly feel that as a group you know we've never enjoyed our football as much um, since we started playing under Malgate Yeah it's been brilliant to, to see I suppose the rise like back to back championships and now an Ulster title as well I suppose as well within the team it's a, a blend of, of youth and experience Yeah and, you know the, the, I suppose there's a large group of the, that crop of players that played in those four Ulster minor teams Um but then <clears throat> there's also a few of the younger guys that maybe didn't experience that, the likes of Conneth McGuckin and, and Eunan Mulholland in there as well. And then we've a good blend of youth in, on our bench as well. Um, Tiernan Higgins, Jody McDermott, Adam McGonigal, really, really strong uh, underage players that we hope will become you know very strong senior players for us um, quite sh- quickly. Um, so we're very fortunate we've got a that there we've had a lot of people in fairness in this group that got relegated with Glenn whenever we first started playing senior um, probably have experienced one of the lowest days in our club's history to 
a few weeks back experiencing the biggest day in the club's history. So, you know, you've got those experiences. You've got the experience of knowing that this doesn't happen every year. Um, and, you know, I think that that stands to us now. Does that make you appreciate this coming weekend too? Because you've been through the tough times. Now you get to enjoy, you know, all your club people being able to go to Crow Park this coming Sunday, the potential for going back to Crow Park to play in an All-Ireland final as well. I presume because of the tough times, that makes you appreciate this even more. Uh, I look at those, you know, um, it's just it probably, you know, you didn't really notice how much it meant um, to people in the club until, you know, the cops were going to buy a few houses over Christmas and stuff like that. And you called in and seen the joy that it gave to maybe people that couldn't get to the game or, or couldn't enjoy the celebrations that night with us in the club, you know. Um, but looking through the tough times, absolutely. But, you know, there's people for years and years that soldiered with the club that, didn't get the experiences at all and played. Um, and, you know, there'd be a huge, huge respect for, for those players, coaches that were involved at that time. Because I know for myself, the first couple of years, I found playing senior football very, very difficult because you, it was difficult to see light at the end of the tunnel in, in terms of success. Um, you know, Slatton, you know, and Ballard, they were dominating at that stage and we were getting beat by 20, 30 points, as I've mentioned. So, you know, to be sitting in an all-earned club semi-final, um, it's nice, and that's sort of, I suppose, that's why I reflected on saying Christmas and how you define enjoyment for us playing over Christmas. You know, there's no greater buzz. Well, look, Michael, the best of luck at the weekend. Thanks a million for joining us on the Club Championship Show. Thanks very much. Thank you. There you go, Ash. Um, Glenn, getting ready now for that All Ireland semi final. Like, it's a new experience for them, it's a new experience for these Moy Cullen players. I don't know how much of a factor that's going to be at the weekend. Yeah, you see, even watching them in that Ulster final, as much as it is a new experience, well, when you seen them in action against Kalku, I just feel that it feels like now's their time. And I know I asked the question about is it bonus territory. I knew rightly it's probably not bonus mm. territory, but I wanted to see the the feeling of winning that Ulster and can you, I suppose, enjoy that while also looking ahead, while not getting too carried away. And obviously, when you hear them talking about, you know, Michael saying about, you know, the Christmas, like what's enjoyment for them? It's it's training. It's, it's being in, in this, you know, All-Ireland semi-final. It's going to Crow Park and, you know, they don't feel like they're missing out on anything, you know, going out and enjoying the Christmas because they are enjoying it their way. So um, I think, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. But for both teams, I think they've got experienced players there that have played in Crow Park. So um, a massive day for their clubs. But, yeah, I don't think it'll be too much of a factor that it is Crow Park or that it's a new experience. I think they'll be well up for the challenge at this stage No I think you got to cash in while you're doing well and that's similar with Mike Cullen's mm. run that they're having currently and we look at your team in that semi-final and even in the other semi-final uh, you're thinking that Karen Raleigh's probably didn't they're going to have the chance to progress into the Munster Championship they won the Munster Championship and now they've got to make the most of an opportunity coming through an All-Ireland semi-final but like I was incredibly impressed by Glenn against Kilku I know you were watching that mm. Ulster final I thought they were really good and again it's one of those where you're looking at two of the really genuine contenders to win the All-Ireland Championship in that final yeah and I think it was the the tactics as well they got it so right and uh, their energy about them was just like Kuku couldn't live with it you know they pressed up in the kickouts and Kuku were rattled and they'd say that themselves you know they couldn't play the game they wanted to play and Malachi O'Rourke like I'd love to see him in a dressing room I'd love to is he always that calm you know what is this brilliance of Malachi O'Rourke because really anything that he seems to torture or get involved with it works and yeah it's been a formidable rise for them and I think on now on Sunday you know it could be it could be a great day for them in Crow Park I think Michael are a great team but I, I would see at this 
stage it might be it might be Glenn that'll come out just for for getting over Kulku the momentum of all of that and the, so far how they've been playing the type of football they've been playing they'll be they'll be hard to stop but definitely going to be a great game. Yeah, we'll be talking about uh, Chemical Croaks against Kerner Rallies with uh, Andrew McGowan, the wing-back for Chemical Croaks, in a few minutes' time. But it's time for us to have a look at the All-Ireland Intermediate Football semi-finals and the Junior Football semi-finals, which are on this Saturday. The fixtures, uh, you've got Federer of Wexford up against Ratmore of Kerry at Porky Rin at 2 o'clock on Saturday, and then Dunmore McHales of Galway up against Galbally Pierces of Tyrone at St. Lomans in Mullingar. That's at 2pm. Uh, Kerry, you've got representation across all of these uh, competitions this weekend, all three of the provincial champions in Munster coming from Kerry this season. And then we've got the Junior Football Championship, as Ash mentioned. Uh, she's looking to go to Castletown of Mead against Fossa of Kerry <laughs> at Amore Park. That's a 2pm start. And at the same time, at the Hyde, we've got Clifton of Galway against Stewartstown Harps of Tyrone. So they're the fixtures uh, this coming Saturday. Delighted to say the Irish examiner's Morris Brosnan is with us. Morris, how are you getting on? Great, well done yourself. Now, usually I wouldn't be starting this preview talking about the Junior Football Championship semi-finals, but such is the hype around the Cliffords and David Clifford in particular. Like we've seen, you know, Munster Championship games selling out as a result of people going to watch David Clifford. And there's something quite romantic when we look at the club championships of the best player in the country playing for his junior club in an All-Ireland semi-final. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Will. Uh, this is like, this is my, this weekend is my kingdom come, kind of, if you, if you know, I'm, uh, I've covered this Ratmore and... Um, uh, foster team since the very start of this year uh, I've obviously got kind of close ties to Kerry I'm actually living in Galway I'm playing football in Galway speaking to you now from Clifton so this weekend is my is my Armageddon I can't just cannot wait for it um, and and it is kind of you know not to labour this point and I know people are kind of sick of talking about it but it is kind of the the beauty of this time of the year is a weekend like this from my perspective like you mentioned the, the Clifford narrative there um, I was driving in the car last night I heard Ray Hogan the Clifton manager and he was you know talking openly and very honestly about a about Stewartstown and about how happy he is to see an uh, inter-county referee in, in this game because of maybe their their tactics about at half time getting around referee and the physio like this is stuff if that was you don't hear that kind of stuff in the inter-county game I thought it was great to hear which kind of honesty as you mentioned the, what you want to call it the carnival that's following Clifford everywhere he goes to the extent where I was actually at the Foster Kilmurray the, the Munster final there was more people that day than there was the day before for the senior final to Karen Rahley's game like he's just bringing a, a band all around with him I actually remember I was sitting in the stand, Mallow, freezing to my bone that day, and there was a big, massive crowd down the right side of the field for the first half, and then they all go up the left-handed side of the field for the second half. They were just watching Clifford. They were just there to watch uh, David Clifford. The the crazy thing, and something I kind of have maintained for definitely for the last two years, is that um, you know David Clifford is the best footballer in the country, and certainly in, in Kerry. The second best footballer in Kerry is also happens to play very fast as well in Polly Clifford. I, mm. I'd be kind of adamant about that. I actually wrote that recently, and got a bit of rollback but I, I just think it's it's unquestionable that he makes this team tick um, and so on top of watching David Cliff that day, as good as he's been this year and don't get me wrong like I'm not I'm by no means am I downplaying his achievements but we go back to the go back to the county final actually you know go back to that Lestroy game uh, they were gone if it wasn't for Paddy Clifford like, I know the goal he scored at the end pulled it to extra time but even throughout that game he was wearing six but he's playing midfield I think he had 24 possessions he scored one two in order two assists he was involved in five so from a from a game perspective, trying to deal with both of them must be a fairly formidable thing. But from our perspective, just to be able to watch the the carnival that comes with it and the atmosphere with it, I heard Ashley saying she's going up to it as well. That like all that feeds into it. Brilliant, yeah, Morris. I am. I'm looking forward to going at the at the weekend. And like for Castletown, when they're looking at this game now, what do they do? Do they say we take the Cliffords out of the game, then we stop Fossa? What way are they looking at this game? I. I uh, 
it's funny, you look at junior football, I don't think like that's I don't think that's a realistic ask, to be honest, actually. Like I just don't think I you know, David Clifford is probably going to score eight or nine points. That's going to happen. It's to my mind, it's kind of what happens around that. I do think you really need to, you know, Keenan Price has scored a lot uh, for Castan Velasco. He scored three points last at timeout, but he, I nearly just sent him the other way and try and get after Potty, like really drill down on that, try and take him out. I remember listening to Lee Keegan talk in a, he was previewing the All Ireland final, and he was gave his analysis for the the Kerry Mayo game, and he said the player they identified for that Kerry team. I'm talking about like an intercounty team here was Paulie Clifford. That he, everything went through him. He makes the team take. That's why he was actually detailed to, to follow him. He did a good job on him. Um, so that's kind of your ask. And then it's just what happens around him, I think is the big thing. You know, you've got the two O'Shea's for Foster who really came to the fore. Owen Talbot was sent off that day against Kilmurray. They really came to the fore after that. It's maybe trying to take them out, like kind of accept that David Clifford is going to have a field. That is just your, your baseline. That's inevitable, really. It's what happens around him. And that, that's it's kind of the interesting thing about this game. You know, you go back... I think they like in a very low scoring uh length of final they scored they had five different scores. I think they had nine in the county final, seven in their semi final. So that's better scores. It's that's it's the contrast, which again, you know, I know I know I'm labouring a point here, but again it's what feeds into why these games are so attractive, is that you know, you in some ways you kinda of are talking about a, a, a team trying to take down a, a juggernaut in in David Clifford. The one the interesting to watch this weekend for anybody who is uh, has an eye in this game is that Emphis Morris is involved with Foster and they are, you know, and a lot of other counties, like I watch a lot of club football this year, they probably are a, a good intermediate team in reality. Like that's their level. But just given the the, the weeds of the Kerry Championship system, they're finding themselves uh, in the junior championship. But the one thing I would say is that they, they they have kind of fundamental trademarks of nearly a senior team. Like I, it was gas to watch against Kilmurray and this 30-man press that, you know, we were all eyes wide open watching when Kerry did it to Dublin when Fitzmaurice did it to, to Cluxton and broke him and now suddenly you see a junior team deploying it in Mallow in, in the freezing cold like th- those kind of tenants are still there within Foster so stuff like that I think will be interesting um, that's what they do on that position they're weak enough on their, their own kick out they were absolutely destroyed in the Kerry County final but that's definitely something that you can get after them that's weakness so I, to my mind it's, it's not about there's no weakness you can't pick a flaw in David Clifford it's about everything around that that you need to kind of drill down on Mm. I, I, the Castellan have to take something as well Morris in the fact he said a very low scoring Leinster final they kept Adams down to just six points in that game I know it's maybe a different task coming up against some of the star players that Fossa have but if they're going to win this they need to be very good collectively defensively if they're going to stop them yeah it is and I, again well I think it's probably like there's I don't, I don't, again, I don't think it's a one-on-one matchup with someone like Clifford like as you mentioned there it is it's a collective thing like it's trying to it, in a lot of ways it's damage limitation uh, you know, sometimes I call it like bend don't break defense. Like if you, if Clifford wants to shoot from inside forty-five, which he's well capable of, there's probably no point in trying to get somebody on his boot and push him out the other way. It's maybe just accept that okay, we didn't concede a goal there. Like at, at times you kind of you accept your losses or maybe minimize your losses as much as you can. And that so from I because I, I then like I don't think people talk about how the best way to mark David Clifford. I've seen articles written about it. Like where's your where's your body of work? And that's in the intercounty game. So can you imagine how this led us in the junior game? So I think it's everything that happens. This you you kind of take that in isolation. You you basically, I you know, I would actually say even explicitly outline right. He is going to score ten points. Don't let that affect you mentally. Don't don't even pay much heed to it because it's that's kind of inevitable. And everything around that is what we focus on. Like what are we going to do? How are we going to get after the kickers? Don't let Matt Rennie, who's had an incredibly hard working uh, half forward, but who's well able to take a score as well. Don't let him do damage. That's the kind of stuff that you maybe even Paddy Clifford. Like don't Paddy Clifford is playing out the field. Like I've seen him diving on people's boots in the last line of defence for this Fossa team. He, you know, he he wears six, but he does play kind of in the middle of the field. 
And which, which means a lot of times teams don't actually detail somebody to mark them. And you have to, especially in junior football, you have to detail somebody to mark them because otherwise they'll have a field day. Mm. The other semi-final, which you mentioned, look, you can give us the inside track on this. If you're around the Clifton area, then you know how they're uh, feeling ahead of this game against uh, Stewartstown Harp. So what's your feeling about the second semi-final, Morris? Uh, well, I, it's a remarkable story, really. Well, like Clifton have, they're, they're kind of, there's, for a long time, I don't know if anybody knows the geography of Galway, but for the West Galway, you know, if you look at the two Galway clubs, this Weekend, for example, right? Dunmore McKay's won the first county title ever in Galway football uh, before the J was even founded. Like, I'm talking about Michael Cusack was doing his tour around the country. He goes to Loch Ray and there's a man in the hall that day, Michael Finnegan. He sets up Dunmore McKay. So they are uh, steeped, like, steeped in the history of Galway football. I think they have 15 county titles. They actually never won a county title, which I think was, I'm, I don't think, I know it was something that they kind of spoke about openly before that game as, you know, we could make our own bit of history in this proud traditional club. And then in the west of Galway, you know, that, I'm talking about 1900s there when uh, Dunmore won the first one. In the west of Galway, 1996 is the first time a West Galway club win a senior title. That's on Kaharua. Those the Westies end up coming backboning the All Ireland team. You know, Sean Ogdenpoir and Kevin Welsh. Is, and and the, those difficulties still exist. If anything, they're even worse. Clifton used to be pretty strong. To, you know, back in the 80s and uh, 70s, there was a train line from Clifton to Ashton Rice. It was easier to get the games. Now suddenly they don't have any more. So, like, people often ask me, what's the buzz around Clifton this week? And you don't really bump into players because not many of them are here. Like, Clifton mm. training in Uchirard, I don't know if you know the geography of Galway, but Uchirard is, is like 45 minutes in towards the city. Um, they, they have lights there to train there. That's just to help facilitate lads who are coming from, because so many players aren't based in Clifton. They've a lot of lads based in Dublin as well. So, th- th- for them to get to this stage, to pull it all together, and that kind of that buy-in. So, uh, oftentimes during COVID, I actually saw this a lot. We've got clubs, really rural clubs, had really strong runs because they finally had everybody home. Like, they had access to the players. So that's from the Clifton perspective. And again, the romance from the Stewartstown is going back to the, like, I don't know about you, but I just love reading 2004. That's what it's all about, 2004. They had that incredible run. They're actually beaten by a, a Fingu team, Dak Kerry. That, that, you know, again, talking about the star juniors, that was the name for tomorrow, Sam Paul Galvin team that bet them that in 2005, I think it was. It was the first year of the junior intermediate All-Ireland and Crow Park actually wasn't available, so they ended up playing in Port Leash. But, you know, you hear people like Fergal Owen talk about his happiest day, one of his happiest days ever in football. And this, you know, this is a man who lived in the shock of all shocks. What was it, two years ago with Tyrone? One of his happiest days ever was in Casement Park when New Orleans won the title that year. Remarkably, there's still players from that team playing. Uh, Gareth Devlin. Another thing, actually, that Clifton have, there's been a bit of talk about is the fact that, you know, Gareth Devlin was playing that 2014. I think that, there's a lot to be said for that, like just the experience of a run like that and how that stands with teams. They've got a brand of uh, young versus old. But Gareth Devlin was sent off over in Scotland, Clifton actually had uh, some management at that game uh, over in Scotland in, in the quarterfinal. That was overturned within a week. And I get, this is open, you know, uh, this is why I kind of love this thing. Clifton have openly, uh, their management have openly kind of said they're very surprised to see how quickly that was overturned. And I mean, how was it overturned? Um, he's obviously, a, you know, he's a talisman for, for so both both all the clubs are definitely up against it this weekend. But I, from you have enough strands there, Will, that would make sure that you keep an eye out on this scoreline. Yeah, um, the two intermediate uh, semi-finals, Dunmore McHale's, you already mentioned, from Galway, that remarkable tradition, and here they are now in an intermediate semi-final uh, up against Tyrone's Gabali Pierce's. Uh, the one thing I noticed about Dunmore McHale's in the Connick final, um, a very unusual spread of scores. They had nine different scores, but four different free-takers on the day as well, which is a, a very unique weapon to have, so many guys who can actually kick a dead ball. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of, they, they've blown, they've been up and down, like in a lot of games, the, uh, the some of the most 20, the impressive passage, if you want to call it like a 15, 20 minute passage, was when they played Ballyhonis and then the second half came out and just, I don't know what was said at half time, but whatever it was said, they just turned around 
totally in the second half. The interesting thing for me about this, I don't know why this game is on in, uh, with all the greatest effect in the world. I don't know why this game is on in, in St. Norman's. Mm. This, it just, I, the, you know, I, I, I was talking to somebody from Dunmore, they, they've paid a visit there and the facility, like the ground looks good and they're, they're no concern about the playing pitch, but everything around that, I, I think a competition like this probably deserves, I thought Cusick Park maybe would have been a lot much better for, for this game, but not to get down, down that tangent. Mm. Um, the big thing for me though, Will, is that you look at the compare, you know, this time of year is particularly, and you mentioned that Colin final. That was, uh, was that five weeks ago? It was the first weekend of December, I think. I'm pretty sure it was the first weekend of December and versus just a three-week break on the other side. And I, I think that's massive. Like, I really do think that's huge when you're trying to navigate this time of year and keep that sticking over and you give a break. I think the more might take a week off totally and then come back. I've gone harder for three weeks and then you kind of taper for a week. Trying to navigate that versus... I think three weeks is perfect. That's the perfect gap. Keep that sticking over. Um, it's kind of... there's. It doesn't seem like that long away. There's not maybe pause around the festivities and all that kind of thing. So... How the more that's that I think the biggest challenge for the more going to this game is was managing that gap, and we won't find out until this weekend if, uh, if they did it successfully. Yeah, it is it is difficult, especially when everyone's off work over the festive period as well, and like form just naturally drops off. And when you haven't been able to have a competitive game, I was looking at Rat Moore, and the one thing that really stood out to me in this one is they've got Chrissy Spears, a guy from Derry who scored yeah. 12 points for them in their Munster Club football finals. So we talk yeah. about imports, and I'm sure we're going to have a chat about Shane Walsh and we're talking about Kilmacudden a bit, but um, to be able to bring a player in from Derry who can kick you 12 points in the provincial final is a big get for the club. Even more so, Will, he did that two days after he got married. Uh, he got married two days before that game. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I did that. So I, I, remarkably, he, he got married two days before that game. Paul Murphy actually missed it because he was on his honeymoon. Mm. Um, now, and... Uh, this, you know, this a conversation has been had, and I'm kind of sick to death of it. But it is, it does demonstrate the the intricacies of the Kerry County Championship. When you know, would a player be willing to take those kind of breaks or stuff if they weren't fairly guaranteed to win a monster like 15 or 16 monster titles? That's just the, the reality of the situation. But yeah, that's and like more of reading really interest club for anybody who's maybe watched Kerry this year and I've seen Shane Ryan, the goalkeeper Shane Ryan, is playing corner forward for more. There's been a bit of talk around Kerry recently that he's actually carrying um. A shoulder injury. I saw Jack O'Connor was asked about it during the week and said he just honestly he doesn't know if he's going to need surgery or not. So if he's playing, if the club's campaign is basically delaying him rehabbing his shoulder, which feeds into the idea of players being constantly on the go. That like if you were Shane Ryan, you're sitting down and he does need surgery. We don't know if he does or not. But when is your window to actually get that small break to, to rehab? You're basically on the go from last January. You're into a club campaign. He also played. He played in goals for East Kerry in the Kerry County Championship, but he plays out the field for his club. Plays corner forward. Uh, Mark Ryan is captain for the Stratmore team as well. Paul Murphy missed it. He'll be back too. As you mentioned, Chrissy Spears is just, ah, like he's just shooting the lights out lately. He's been absolutely electric. So they've got a fine spread. They're an unbelievably strong team. Like they, uh, there was so, Legion probably would have been the favourites in the intermediate championship this year, but Legion were actually turned over by Anguilto, who nearly turned over Ratmore in the final. Uh, that's Brian Brino Begley's Anguilto. So that's just it, again it, it demonstrates the unbelievably competitive nature of the championship. That was the most competitive game they've had since, like, you know, with the greatest respect in the world, the French come didn't come close. And they would have to be, you'd have to earmark them as favourites again, purely because of the, the nature. Like, you've got, you've got eight senior clubs, you've got the ninth strongest team in Kerry with uh, an All-Ireland winner missing in the, the most fun, who's now going to back into that team. So, if anything, they're only going to get stronger. And it's impressive for Kerry as a county to have, you know, three clubs involved in the intermediate, you've wrapped more Fossa in the junior and then Kieran Zarahli in the, in the senior. So I suppose it does show the strength that they have within the club championship. It does, yeah. It's it kind of interesting when you go back to the final, actually, Ashling, that you mentioned the Kerry strength there and it just so happens that 
Galway also have McCullough and Dunmore and Clifton. I think it also demonstrates, like, you know, you look at Clifton here, for example, like Clifton could go to Ballina Hinch, there the five or six different schools that they visit with the Cup. So they are still, you know, people are talking about the promotional damage of the species. Actually, if, if anything, Galway getting to that final is in wonders because you've suddenly you've got the, the buzz of that is just copied into all three of these clubs. Same thing is, is equally true for Kerry. Now, somebody will inevitably fire back about the, the nature of the, the Kerry Championship, which is a fair point, but I, I just would kind of, I'm sick to death to kind of talk about it in one sense. And also, <laughs> uh, Kerry do that because it's, it's clearly working. Like it's That's working to their benefit. There's other champs, champions who are, there's clubs hanging on. Even, this is a big debate in Galway actually with the Hurling Championship. There's clubs who, like, do you want to be senior just to maintain the status of being senior? If you know what I mean. Like, how much is your viable chances of success? Whereas you have got cutthroat, absolutely cutthroat, Championships, so it's great for them. Entertainment, everybody has feels they have a chance of success within it. So personally, I actually think that structure is better than the alternative, which is in some cases just blow the championships. Teams clinging on at the, the bottom row, never really have a, a realistic chance of succeeding within that. But yeah, like from from both countries' perspective, uh, the, the the buzz at the minute must be must be absolutely electric. Morris, great stuff as always. Thanks a million for joining us. Thanks, well. There are the games this Saturday in both the Junior and Intermediate Football Championships. We're going to focus now on the other game in the Senior Championship this coming Sunday. It's the opening game of the doubleheader, Ashling, where we've got Kerner Rallies of Kerry up against Chemical Croaks of Dublin. You've been at Croaks last couple of games, and like I've been very impressed with the way that they put Port Arlington and the Downs away. I think two really, really efficient performances, and even taking into account no Paul Mannion at the moment, Shane Walsh came off during that Port Arlington game as well, and yet Kilmacher Crokes control both of them. Yeah, this is it. They have strength and depth within the squad, Will, and I suppose that's what you need if you want to go on and, and win the All-Ireland. Um, you see the subs that are coming off the bench are just as good. You know, they could be starting. They're, they really are a really, really strong team. Maybe going into this game, would they maybe be looking at, have they been overly tested? You know, that's something I'm sure a lot of people are probably asking of them. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it as well. But uh, yeah, they've been so impressive in their games. And I think against the Downs in particular, you know, it, and they, they they strolled through that. It was six points in the end, but I think it was 11 points at halftime, if I remember correctly. And, you know, they were very much in control. And it's not about just Shane Walsh. It's, it's very much not. I know he comes away with like nine points in a game, but it's, you know, it's the, the players around him. And they also know how to play with him after such a short period of time, which is quite impressive as well. You know, they know his strengths and they know to you know, let him on the ball and also to give space when needed. And yeah, they were just, they, they were very, very impressive to, to watch. And yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting at the weekend, but they're coming up against a good Kieran Zarahli team. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. You think of it as well, um, we'll bring in Andrew McGowan in a moment, but just when you've got former inter-county players as well, Ash, who are sprinkled mm-hmm. across the Chemical Croaks team, Craig Diaz, who's had a big year, uh, Rory O'Carroll, who's kind of at the middle of their defence, anchoring everything. Uh, Shane Wall, or Shane, um, uh, Shane, I'm thinking Shane Walsh, of course Shane Walsh is a current player, Shane Horn, I'm thinking of the former Offaly yeah. player who's also there in the half forward line. To have those players who've got that experience of playing intercounty, the standards of playing intercounty, but are 100% focused on their club, has to be a big help to any team. Yeah, and that's the that's the big thing, Will. They are 100% focused on Kill McCord and you do feel that, you know, the few times that I spoke to some of the players, you feel that, that that's what it's about. You know, winning this All-Ireland Club title means a lot to them. And, you know, obviously with last year, what happened against Kilku, I don't know if you, you saw the, the replay of it at, at Christmas. It was on and TG Carr. And just when you actually watch that game back, my God, they must have walked off the pitch, like just wondering what just happened. 
what what just happened you know um what a game so entertaining but i'm sure it was a long time before they really got over the herd of that so you know they will be gunning to go the whole way this year to you know get over i suppose the the fears of all of last year and just be able to put it to bed if they if they ever will be able to but look i'm sure winning an all ireland would be amazing for them but uh yeah they have a big task they have a semi-final to go first and yeah they're they're a formidable team that's for sure yeah kim a good defender andrew mcgowan is with us now andrew to pick up that point that ashley just made she said she enjoyed watching back kilku against yourselves as a perfect neutral <laughs> did you sit down and re-watch the final at the christmas period or do you leave that back in february um, well, now I watched it back in February. I think I, I stored it away and haven't looked at it since. <laughs> I think that's I think that's more than fair enough. Has it been a bit of a motivating factor though this year? Like having come so close last season to have been in that epic final, uh, to have been so close to getting your hands on the cup, to now try and go back. You've already retained your Leinster title, but to try and get back to the final once again. Well, yeah, because well, last year um, in our heads, I think other than 2018 last year it was it was about 10 years since we kind of had any success and then once we kind of got a taste for it, we got past Dublin we got through Leinster and then into an All-Ireland final it was all a bit surreal but um, afterwards after you know, obviously there was heartbreak but like the fact that we got to that point I feel like there was such a driving factor even though it took a while to kind of get over it and to kind of get to get moving again but um, there was definitely no issue with desire I think everyone was was, was gunning for it once we kind of uh, drew a line in the sand and started going after it again Yeah, mentioned Ash already like some of the players that you have they've got that inter-county experience but are 100% driven towards your club now uh, we had Shane Horn on the programme last year and he was talking about that that he was saying that maybe in some ways it had benefited the likes of Craig and Rory to be able to focus 100% on Kim McCudd that has to be a huge um, boost for the club as well to the guys with all of their focus on making sure the Kilmacud are at their absolute best here yes because it, it, it it's, it's the same with any team really if you have the same players playing all the time you kind of you, you build that chemistry um, within the team if, if you have players that are, are coming back and forth and then jumping in and out of a team it, it kind of takes away from that But the, so the more you play with people the more you get used to their position you get used to their movements and obviously you build chemistry so to have them around, to have their knowledge and stuff as well is, is huge. Did it take long to build the chemistry with Shane Walsh then? No, it didn't take long at all. <laughs> well, he's like he's a remarkable talent. I mean, people can debate all around his transfer and whatever else as much as they want, but even at this kind of, I would say, early stages of his Kilmacook Crokes career, he has come up trumps for you. I think back to even the kicking of points in the Leinster final, um, like just he was there to just keep the scoreboard ticking over throughout the game for you. Yeah, look, there, there was never any question about the talent that he'd bring to the team. He's a fantastic footballer, but as you're saying, how how long was it to build chemistry? Like, you know, he, he came in and um, started playing with us the moment that all of that kind of was settled. But the, the, the big thing, credit I have to give him, was the stuff that he does off the pitch. So, you know, like he's bought into our culture on the pitch. He's completely bought into our culture off the pitch. You know, he's come to us with uh, to hurling games, to senior two games, to the ladies' football um, if ever there's an event on or even a breakfast or a lunch you know he's there for it so the fact that he, he joined he, our culture and, and kind of uh, slid his way in so like gracefully it was, it's a huge credit to him And Andrew do you feel that you have been tested yet this year um, I know the Dublin Championship it's, it's very competitive and obviously then you have Leinster but is this a step up in quality do you think? 
I think every, every single game, every single game is a step up. And like every game has its own challenges. Like once you get out of like Dublin's very hard to get out of in itself. And once you get to Leinster, you're only playing county champions. And then once you get out of, you know, you're, once we got out of Leinster, you're only playing provincial champions. So it's always, it's a step up for, for every single game. And then you have the added pressure that comes with getting further and further. So especially with, um, Arahali's like, they're a very strong team. It's it's going to be a really difficult challenge. It's 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 going to be. I feel like it's going to be a very uh, a very open game, especially in Pro Park where it's a big wide pitch and it'll suit both of our playing styles. So, I think yeah, I think it'll be a very good game though. I was listening back to an interview with the Cairns O'Reilly manager William Harmon, and he was saying that there was no home alone on the TV this year. It was just all Kilmacud over the Christmas. So obviously, you know, it's, it's easy now to be able to, to watch teams back. What do you know, I suppose, about Cairns O'Reilly or where do you think they're the biggest threat there? Uh, well, I won't give too much away, but I think their their biggest strength is um, is definitely the, the size of their team. They're very big players. They're very good fielders. They're a strong physical team. They definitely have um, some danger men that if we're not careful, um, they could really expose us. So, um, yeah, I think that that side of them is that they're a very big, strong team, and I think that's that's one of their that's definitely one of their strongest attributes. But um, that, among many other things, so that's what we'll be really yeah, we'll put a lot of focus into that. Can I ask you about the culture of the club? You mentioned there a while ago about when Shane was integrating in and he was going along to watch uh, hurling games. And look, your hurlers had a great season this year too and the ladies footballers along the way. Um, can you tell us a bit about the culture of Kilmacook Croaks and what you've got around Salorgan there at the moment? Um, well, at the moment, it's, it's, well, it's been purple and gold flags for a good long time um, around the area. I think the ladies have had success this year, which has been amazing. The hurlers had success in Dublin and were just they just... Uh, came up short of Leinster, which was heartbreak. And I know our um, Camogie team as well. They were unfortunate this year, but if you look at what they've done in the last five, six years, it's been amazing. So I think really there's such a great buzz around the club for everyone because it got to the stage where like everyone was going to each other's games. There was so much going on. There was so much stuff with the the youth where we'd be going down to their training sessions and stuff like that. So there really is a lovely kind of feel to the club at the moment. Um, and like obviously of course there are a lot of events on um, over Christmas but we were unfortunately unable to to go to them um, but yeah there's just a really nice buzz around and a really good atmosphere around the whole of Salorg and there has been for, for the last while It takes a lot of buy-in for that to happen because a lot of people point out the amount of playing numbers that you've got at your club currently uh, but to kind of create that atmosphere around the club that takes a lot of work from those behind the scenes who I'm sure are crucial to the success you've had in recent seasons too Oh, hundred percent. Like the like the amount of effort that's put in, even for 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 the youth, like we we wouldn't have we wouldn't be able to facilitate that many numbers if we didn't have the parents or the volunteers coming in, even the backroom staff in Kilmacud, the amount of work that they put in. But also, it's like when you look at the amount of people that have uh, pushed people to play in Kilmacud Croaks, and like obviously we have um, a large number in the club, but. I think the biggest factor of that was people pushing people into the club. But as well as that, when you look at when we were younger, there were uh, the success that we had. And when you look at the success that we had, I feel like that was a real kind of like, it would hold on to a lot more people. And I think that's what we're really kind of going after now at the moment as well. Seeing our teams be successful, we're hoping that the youth of our club will see that and see that like they can have like they could go after that and they can get that in years to come and obviously instead of pushing away or going to different sports but 
Um, yeah, look, so much goes on in the background and, and it's a credit to the people that were involved. You mentioned Crow Park. Has it been, I don't know, an advantage or how you would gauge this? The fact that you've been able to play in Crow Park quite a bit recently because of your uh, back-to-back Leinster runs that you've had now with Leinster semi-finals and finals being played there. I know you'll say that Crow Park as a surface and as a stadium is probably going to suit Karen Rallix as well. But to be able to play so many games recently in Crow Park, is that a help when you come into a semi-final like this? Um, look, it can be. It's just, it's like, at the same time, it's such a privilege to play there. It's such a it's a lovely pitch, and it's just a great experience in itself. And to have experience there, look, it's it's great to have. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like it, it, it is just it's just like any other pitch. Obviously, the conditions may be a lot better, but um, it's not, like it's not going to be too much different to any other pitch, any other stadium, anyway. And you mentioned Christmas, and I'm sure it was. Probably a lot different. Um, Kieran's Rahley were saying that they had uh, a challenge game on Stephen's Day, so that's wildly different from most Christmases to wake up the next day after Christmas morning and to be going out playing games. What was it like for you? What preparation have you been able to get in? Um, it never. We we haven't broken any kind of um, we haven't broken any days in our schedule, be it whatever was on. At those times, it was fine. We still stuck to our, our normal routine. If it, it landed on Stephen's Day and it landed on other days where uh, you think we wouldn't be training, but as in, like we had five, it's, it was five weeks from our game, our last game to um, the throwing of this game. And like, it was great to have those extra three weeks because games are usually two weeks apart and it's all very hectic because you play the game, you kind of bring it back down, bring the pace up again. And it's, it's all a bit of a sprint when you're playing two weeks at a time. So when we're given, we're gifted those extra three weeks for like, like, you know, you're going to utilize that time. Um, and we definitely did. Um, and then obviously it went back into our two week schedule then. And, and, and here we are kind of toning it down now a little bit and then, obviously into the sprint that is the semi-final on Sunday. Yeah, and it also, I suppose, gives players that have a few niggles or that time to to hopefully get back. And I suppose the big name is Paul Mannion. Is he back training? Yeah, he's well, he's, he's back on the pitch. He's back running. Um, whether he'll be available for selection on Sunday, I don't know. Um, he may not be there just yet, but uh, it's great to see him back out there. It feels like no time at all since the Kula game. Um, but we're all delighted to see him back uh, moving and moving well. It's been like it was harsh for him to pick up the injuries both times when the club were going really well in the club championship. I think even neutrals would like to see him on the pitch involved uh, this weekend or if you were to get to an All Ireland final. Um, but in a way, not having Paul, I guess you all had to step up your own game individually a little bit more uh, to be without your star forward for two crucial runs, really. Yeah, look, we'd all love to see him back. Um, I think last year when he got injured for, for the Leinster final, um, that was a big test because he was such a, an important part of our, our game plan playing out around the center of the pitch. But it was a credit to a lot of people on the team that for that Leinster final, the Ireland semi final, even for the final, like a lot of people, you know, really stepped up. Um, we kind of didn't like sometimes when he'd be on the ball, you, you, you'd, you'd let him do his thing and hope he comes out with some magic. But, um, Without that, we know we have to force ourselves to really everyone to up our, our game individually. Now look, we'll see if we see a bit of him this weekend when you play against Carol Rallies at Crow Park. Andrew, thanks many for being good with your time and uh, the best of luck on Sunday afternoon. Hey, thank you. It's Mount Wharton Ring Ashing, really, when you think about it, these uh, two semi finals on Sunday. And in a way, look, we talked about the hurling, and it was nice in many ways for the hurling teams to know where they were and if they had a final, but they're going to have to bridge a much longer gap while. 
Mm. Whatever teams win this weekend, I've got a little bit of momentum coming into the finals in a few weeks' time. That's it, yeah. And I think when you're going from a semi-final to a final, you probably rather that you don't want too much time in between because, you know, you can lose that momentum a small bit. Um, it was nice, I'd say, for some of the players now to get a little bit of rest time over Christmas if you do have injuries or anything like that and give yourself the, the best chance possible because this is massive opportunities for these clubs. You know, All-Ireland semi-finals and, and finals, you know, they don't come around very often. So, you know, I suppose that gave players a chance to, to get themselves back. So it's good in that way. But yeah, I think after the, the semi-final to have that shorter period would probably be better to bring the momentum into the final. But yeah, it's going to be two crack games. And it's great to hear Andrew just speak about the club and how it is such a good, a big club. Like, Will, that was such a good point. It's a massive club and they've huge amount of players to pick from. But still to hear that they're a close club and they go out to each other's games. Like, that is so hard to do. Like, smaller clubs can do that a little bit easier because you know everybody. But it seems like they actually have that close bond within Kilmacud. And yeah, that's a very difficult thing to do. So um, yeah, a great club. And I think uh, it's it's going to be fascinating now at the weekend. Yeah, I mean, that is, again, one of the real romances of the club championship. You can have small village teams go up against mm. effectively a suburban town when you consider Silorgan and the population around their immediate area. And yet it's down to the 15 or 20 players that are going to take the pitch during the day that's going to decide who comes through. So really looking forward to them. As you say, you're going to Foster this weekend for us, Ash, and you're going to the semifinals on the Sunday afternoon as well, are you? Yes, I am. Yeah, so myself and Mossy Quinn are going to be at the, the two semifinals on Sunday and then I'm going to be on my own for Fossa and Castletown. But really looking forward to that. I haven't got to any really junior games yet other than in Mead, but I haven't seen any outside the county. So yeah, looking forward to it now. Yeah, I think that'll be a good afternoon at uh, Port Leash on Saturday as well. Just a reminder of the fixtures then coming up this weekend uh, once again, uh, starting with the games which are on Saturday. You've got that game between Castletown and Fossa. Uh, then you've got Clifton up against Stewartstown. They are the two junior football championship semi-finals. And then we've got the intermediate football championship semi-finals. Federate of Wexford up against Ratmore of Galway. And then we've got Dunmore against Galbally there. The games on Saturday. And then on Sunday it is a doubleheader at Croke Park. The first game is Chemical Croaks up against Karen O'Reilly's and that will be the first game of two with Glenn against Moy Cullen, two first-time provincial champions, Glenn of Derry up against Moy Cullen of Galway. So all that to look forward to. Ash, have yourself a good weekend. I think it's going to be some uh, really good action. Yeah, you too, Will. I'll th- see you next week. You too, and thank you for joining us on the Club Championship Show. It is brought to you by AIB. If you've missed the show, you can watch it back on Off The Ball's YouTube or Twitter, or you can catch us, of course, in the podcast section in OTBGA. Speak to you next Wednesday. The Club Championship Show on OTB in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the Football Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships. Hashtag the toughest.